Oilers. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Here's Kleppbaum breaking free. Down the middle of the ice, Nugent Hopkins. Right side, dry settle, back door is wide open. Back here, score! And Edmonton has taken its first lead. Drake Kajula makes it 5-4 with 2-11 to play. And this crowd is stunned. The Oilers take the long way tonight, but they do get the two points. That was the first game-winning goal of Drake Kajula's NHL career with 2-11 left. The Oilers add a couple of empty netters, and they take down the Colorado Avalanche 7-4. When these two teams played in November, the Oilers scored four times in the third period. They do one better tonight, five in the third, to erase a 4-2 deficit and get the win. And it's a win that goes to goaltender Laurent Brassois who replaced Cam Talbot after two periods. Talbot pulled for the second straight game. Brassois stopping all six shots he faced. And he actually had to make a couple of pretty good saves in that third period as the Oilers win their 40th game of the year. And they've scored seven goals in a game for the third time in their last six. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 9.57, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. I'm Reed Wilkins, joined by Rob Brown. Rob, the Japanese Village Goal Light is is on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown Southside and Northside. Of course, we do that whenever the Oilers score five or more, and they needed every single one tonight because this was a sloppy game. You thought they were going to pull it out. I wasn't quite as optimistic, especially when it was 4-2. And it wasn't so much on how the Oilers were playing I felt confident in. I just felt that the Colorado Avalanche are not a very good hockey club and they have an American Hockey League goaltender in net that eventually uh, the Oilers are going to be able to put some pucks in net in, in the net and they did uh, it was sloppy both ways early I, I, that might have been the worst 40 minutes the Oilers have played in a long long time uh, they just stayed close enough that when the the snowball started rolling downhill in the third period, it just picked up steam and the Avalanche weren't able to contain them. So I, I don't think that the coaching staff is going to be ecstatic about the way the game was played. I think they're going to be happy with the two points, but they're going to have a lot of to- teaching points over the next day and a half to show the Oilers where they need to get better when they start playing the better hockey clubs. Miko Rantanen had two goals for the Avalanche. He's the third star tonight. Jordan Eberle had two goals and an assist. He's the second star. And Andre Sekera had a goal and two helpers to be the first star. Our fourth star of the game is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I'm going to go with Chris Russell. I thought he was outstanding. He made a beautiful little play on the, the goal by Milan Lucic. He led the team in, in shot blocks as he usually does. He was second on the team in uh, in, in ice time, only to Oscar Clefbaum. I, I thought he was very good. He came up with a couple big blocks at big times and was just his usual steady self out there. So to me, he was a four-star for the Oilers. All right, 7-4. The Oilers win in Colorado. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630 and we'll open up the calls with Rocket tonight. Hi, Rocket. Hey, boys, how you doing? Doing well. I'm having a lot of fun these days uh, texting in predictions, so you'll have to go back again to 6. Oh, I haven't checked. Okay. <laughs> what time did you send it today? Uh, it just basically said oil oil need four or more and win game rocket. Oh, there you go. That was pretty good. 
so uh, yeah, no, it was like I, I and I kind of the reason I thought that was because I, I thought the Oilers would kind of come out slow, late flight and all. But uh, I thought they, you know, may give up a, a few. And uh, but I, I did think the Oilers would come back against, you know, Colorado. They they are just so terrible. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. You're right, and actually, I, I thought there was a good point that was made uh, by Adam Larson. As I think Jack was the one uh, talking about what Adam had said earlier, how sometimes it's a struggle playing against teams that don't play with structure. He says when you're playing against the playoff team, you know exactly how they're going to play, you know what they're going to bring, and you can prepare for it. But when you're playing against a team like Colorado, who is so far behind in the standings, you're not exactly sure how they come out and play. And I think that may have been part of the reason the Oilers seem so uh, discombobulated early in the game, because there really was not a whole lot of structure for the Colorado Avalanche. They just seemed to go anywhere on the ice. Uh, and that's no excuse for the way the Oilers started because they did not start well, but maybe that compounded uh, the Oilers' poor start by just not understanding exactly what was coming at them because the first 40 minutes of this hockey game, the Edmonton Oilers did not play like the team that they played for most of the season. And i got to reiterate what I said to you several times during the game. I, I can't recall the last time I saw the Oilers pass the puck that poorly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, I realize, you know, some passes are difficult. You get a bouncing puck, but like open guys into his feet, four feet ahead. I mean, there was a, and I'm not signaling out cleft bomb because a lot of guys did it. I just remember this one. Second period breakout pass. Maroon's all by himself on the blue line. And Clefbaum like puts it four feet in front of him. And, and Colorado gets the puck. Yeah. Or, yeah, maybe that was an icing. Yeah, it was an icing, like, that one. Like over and over again. But they finally, you know, cleaned it up in the third period. The Cassian goal, I mean, you talk about an AHL goaltender. I mean, there's Jeremy Smith. His teammates thought he had the puck. And it's lying behind him, and Cassian swoops in and punches it in. I've, I, I've never played goal, nor would I ever want to. But from most goaltenders, they, they feel the puck, and they know when the puck slips through. And he had absolutely no idea that that puck was sitting behind him. And there's only two people on the ice that did, the referee and Cassian. And Cassian was able to get there in time to put it in the net. And, and as Jack and Bob said, that changed the whole game. Yeah. The Colorado Avalanche wanted to hang on to that two-goal lead as long as they could in the third. And the longer it went, the more confidence they would have gained. Instead, a, an ugly, fluky, terrible goal goes in. And now I, I've been on benches where this happens. You sag on the bench. You're, it, it's now you're looking at the clock, hoping it goes faster because you know eventually they're going to score again. So it's a race between when they score and if the clock runs out and the clock did not run out fast enough for Colorado. Eberle tied at a minute 50 after the Cassian goal and then eventually Kajula with 2.11 left. The winner, Oilers win 7-4. All right, we have uh, Carl on the line, and I believe he's calling from Colorado. Carl, were you, were you at the game tonight? I was. Uh, how are you doing, boys? Doing well. Thanks for calling. What's up? Yeah, no, I used to live in Edmonton, and uh, I live in Colorado right now. But uh, just, to, just, I just want to say, ten years ago, I left Leaf Station, and there was a lot of guys calling into the radio station at that time, complaining about the Oilers. And I just wanted to let the Oilers fan base know that you guys have been to the Cup seven times since 1978, and you've won five of those seven cups. The Leafs have not been to the Cup since 1967. So um, I've been a proud Oilers fan since 2006. And I guess my question is, why did Bednar pull the goalie twice? I've never really seen that before. And uh, I'm really excited uh, 
to be uh, cheering for the Oilers right now. And uh, obviously, we've all persevered for a long time. And there's a lot of room for optimism. And, uh, you know, I look at the Taylor Hall trade real quick. I look at the Taylor Hall trade. And if you were to tell me that you're getting Milan Lucic and Adam Larson for Taylor Hall, I'm okay with that trade now. Well, yeah, I mean, they're two obviously separate um, transactions. That wasn't the trade. I, it, that's a trade that's going to be talked about for a long, long time, but right now there's a lot of people that are giddy about it here in Edmonton because of the way the season has gone for the Oilers. Why did the coach pull the goalie twice? Well, I mean, they, they, they still believed, and he wanted his players to believe that they could still come back. It was now, instead of a one-goal deficit, it was a two-goal deficit. You see it all the time in the National Hockey League. I mean, League. the Oilers pulled the goalie twice against yep. Montreal a yep. week and a half ago. Yep. It so, went from 2-1 to 4-1. Yep, so any, any time, I mean, there, what's the difference between losing 6-4, or 7-4, or 8-4? It doesn't matter. They, they, this Colorado team has had nothing go right for them in a long, long time, so maybe he was hoping for a little magic, and unfortunately the magic didn't come for him. So the Oilers win 7-4. That means a $175 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. It comes from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 for every goal the Oilers score during the season. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Dreisaitl with uh, a couple of points tonight. He now has 13 points over the course of a six-game streak. And Connor McDavid with two points as well. He has 12 points over the course of a six-game streak. And, of course, he leads the NHL with 87 points in 74 games. So, sorry, Rob. No, I was going to say, I mean, it, those are... You're talented when you can throw a couple points on the board. That was not a, a strong game by Connor McDavid. That was... Uh, I mean, he, he looked mere mortal out there tonight. But when things are going well for you, as they have been point-wise, you're going to find a way to get a couple more. I would expect him to be much more noticeable on Saturday night. You can text 630-630, call 780-496-0063. This texter says, is Kajula getting more opportunity because Shirelli signed him? Slepeshev, Kara, and Pakarinen, especially who had a great year last year and got derailed by injury this year, seemingly have more to offer. I think that's I think that's part of it. I mean, Kara, I don't know if he's in quite the same boat um, as the other guys. And... I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. Slepeshev and Packerin and play different positions. Kajula has been a center most of the year. I, I honestly don't think that Peter Shirelli has any say in in the players that play. I think that is completely uh, a Todd McClellan decision, and that's who he decided he wants to go with. I, I don't know a lot of GMs that tell their play, their coach who to play. And especially a team that's having success. So I don't think Peter Shirelli has any say no, in whether he I, plays I or not. I don't know if this happened in this situation, but I mean a GM can say, well, I'm not sending him down. Well, yeah, he'll sit so. him in the stands or he'll put him in the press box. I, I, I don't honestly, I believe this is Todd McClellan's call, completely his call. Who starts in goal on Saturday? I put Brissois in. I put Talbot in. There you go. He's your guy. He is your guy, but he, your guy apparently needs a little rest because he's given up eight goals in less than two games. Well, was there a sloppy goal against tonight? No, but there's a lot of other games where he he made some True. saves. True, I know, I know yeah. your theory. Either he stops it or he doesn't. Yeah, so I, just I, mean, think, I just don't think he forgot this how to play no, goals. No, absolutely not. No, I don't think he's forgot. I I say, you know what? Maybe there is a little fatigue. Whether there is or not, sit him out one more game and let him run the rest of the season. Or I mean, this is if if you're going to play Bersouin, I mean, the Colorado Avalanche would be the game to give Talbot a rest in. Oilers win 7-4 tonight, rallying from a 4-2 deficit in the third. We have Cam calling in. Hey, Cam, go ahead. 
Hey guys, uh, great two points. They all look the same in the standings, so um, it's going to be it's an awesome opportunity to move ahead of Calgary too, right? Because they lost tonight, so it's they're three ahead of Calgary. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, they all look the same in the standings. So, but it was ugly for sure. <laughs> no style points. Uh, I thought Pouliot was good again. Um, I thought he was he was good. And uh, the other thing too is I was. I'm starting to wonder a little bit about, and this may be the question I'll leave you with. It'll be the last one, so I'll, I'll move on. Won't, won't ask that one yet. But I was going to say, people, um, I think I get the impression, because I'm fairly plugged in on Twitter, and I follow it. You know, some people you know, roll their eyes at Twitter, but it is a pretty good representation of the fan base. And I'm starting to realize how poisonous the culture really is. Like, people were upset when the team was, was losing, and it just seems like those same people have just shifted now into just finding anything they can to, to be negative about. And, and uh, like, trying to relate to the team through negativity. And, and I just don't understand how people can be so... And it's, it's even in the media. We're meeting in the media now, where people are just so disrespectful to, you know, McClellan's ability to make a proper decision on... On, on Talbot. So, you know, it's just it's just become a gong show and a circus up there. The guy's been great. And, and uh, you know, we had a couple of rough games, and I think people have, I think there's a faction of, I know there's a faction of people out there that are just as happy that he failed tonight a little bit because then it proves their point wrong. And then my final thing I was going to ask is a technical question that I'll, I'll you know, let you guys just go. Um, why would we not have tried to just get pucks in behind their D, as sloppy as it was in the neutral zone, and they're standing up, you know, three, four guys are playing the Italian four-check, zero-five four-check. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they just chip it? Is there not an adaptation that takes place there instantly when you see that? Or, you know, that's my question: Was the team getting a little bit away on him and freelancing, or? Did he not want them to chip it? Because I, I think you want to turn a defense like that and put pressure on them down low. So that'd be my final question and comment. Yeah. And thanks very much, guys. Yeah, thanks, Cam. Well, I mean that's a good question because the Oilers had didn't have a lot of pressure in the first. No, and you, and you actually brought it up. You said they keep turning it over in the neutral zone against a team that's not very good at defense. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is something that when a team plays a very prevent type of defense, they they're telling you to dump the puck in. Because you're not getting through the neutral zone, so you got to come up with speed. The problem sometimes is the Oilers didn't come up with speed, and if you don't come up with speed, dumping, chipping it behind the defenseman doesn't work. And if you don't come up as a group, it doesn't work. Because if one guy's coming up by himself and he chips, he kind of gets ridden off and in, into a different direction, and the Colorado Avalanche defenseman go picks the puck up. So I think it wasn't so much that. Uh, they weren't doing it. Uh, I, I think the, the real reason they weren't doing it is because they didn't come up with speed and they didn't come up as a group with support. It is something the coaches definitely stressed, and I'm sure it was something that was not just stressed between periods, it was stressed on the bench. Oilers win 7-4 over Colorado, 780-496-0063. Here's, I'm sure, a very happy JP on the line. Hi, JP. Hello? Go ahead, JP. Oh, sorry, I was just about to make a drink. I apologize. You guys caught me, uh, caught me off guard a little bit. But I want to say, great call, Cam. My God, that was a great point by you. But I want to say tonight, watching this game, I'm at fault. I was snapping on Twitter. 
I was the guy on Twitter, social media, puking. I felt like I was watching me uh, nephew. I felt like I was watching my nephew have a practice at the ODR, at the outdoor ring tonight. At point. What a garbage game. But the one thing I... When one thing I want to talk about tonight is the fact that finally McClellan said, nah, nah. Change a few lines, change a bit, you know what? The Dweller went out and played. JP, do we have you? Hello. Okay, you're cutting out there, buddy. I'll give you another half minute. Go ahead. Half minute? Well, I only need about 15 seconds. I'll tell you right now. Did you hear? I, I, I don't know where the hell I am right now. I just want to say I'm glad that the oil are weird. I, at this point, I cut out. I'm going to spend the next 15 seconds just saying, Hello, Ron. Hello, Ron. How are you guys? <laughs> I don't know where the hell I am right now. Kind of like the Oilers. I don't know how they win 7-4. Okay, thanks, JP. We appreciate it. Uh, well, I hope he finds himself. He's lost. JP is lost. I'm sure he'll find himself in the bottle of something soon. The adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. We talked about the goalie change already. And, I mean, McClellan shuffled up the lines. We've seen these the previous lines for quite a bit, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to them. But you had McDavid with Lucic and Everly, and in terms of the, the second period, that worked right away. They scored 26 seconds into the second frame. It did. And, I mean, any player... Uh, that gets an opportunity to play with the best, there's going to be a little excitement, especially early. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there on the bench, all right, uh, next shift, uh, McDavid, you're going with Everly and Lucic. Well, there's going to be an extra step, a little extra bounce in, in Lucic and, and Everly, simply because, hey, here's our opportunity. And they took full advantage of it uh, right away, and then they took advantage of it again in the third period. Uh, McDavid, one draw, and all of a sudden, Everly gets a goal uh, that way, too. It was weird. Uh, normally, when he makes his line changes... It's usually one guy's flipping. He either flips a winger or he flips a centerman between the first and second lines. Today was a little more uh, wholesale. He, you know, Kajula moves all the way up. Maroon moves all the way down. And now with this, when he does that, it's more of a message sent. When you just flip someone off the first and second line, you're really not a whole big change. But when you, you bring a guy up all the way from the fourth line, when you move a guy all the way down to the fourth line, it sends a bigger message. And I think the Oilers got the message. The Oilers pull it out 7-4. We have Scott, Tony, and Andy as our next three hitters on, on the overtime open line. You can text 630-630 as well. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. To try to dig it out of there for Colorado, but Edmonton wins the battle. A shot by Cassian is blocked. One time Sekra and a save made by Smith. Oh, the rebound sitting there, backhanded home by Cassian. Smith just dropped it, and it was sitting on the goal line for probably a second and a half, and Cassian brushed it home. That was the goal that ignited the Oilers' five-goal third period. Cassian from Pouliot and Sekra. It brought the Oilers within a goal. Eberle tied it shortly after. Kajula gets the game winner. Empty netters from Eberle and Dreisaitl. 7-4. Edmonton wins in Denver. They did not play great through 40 minutes, but they figured it out against the worst team in the league. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. So San Jose, 91 points. Anaheim with 89, but they've played one less game than Edmonton. 
Edmonton also with 89 points, so the Oilers are in third. Calgary losing tonight in Nashville, 3-1, even though the Predators only had 17 shots on goal. Calgary with 86 points. They remain a wildcard team. Yeah, the, the race is on. Obviously, the Oilers uh, need a little bit of help since both San Jose and Anaheim are ahead of them, and they have and the Oilers have played one extra game, but... The Oilers have another opportunity on Saturday to, to add to their point total against Colorado, who they should beat. And every time you win a game, it puts pressure on the guys right around you, above you and below you in the standings. It forces them to win big hockey games too. So uh, it was an important two points tonight. It wasn't pretty, but it was important, and they have an opportunity again to add to that here Saturday night against the same team. Just want to check the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard here. Senators over the Penguins 2-1 in a shootout. The Blues beat the Canucks 4-1. Blackhawks 3-2 over the Stars in a shootout. Jets and Kings tied 2-2 after 2. Lightning 6, Bruins 3 is a final. The Capitals edge the Blue Jackets 2-1 in a shootout. Leafs over New Jersey 4-2. The Hurricanes win 4-1 in Montreal. Panthers beat the Coyotes 3-1. Mentioned that Predators 3-1 win over the Flames. And Philadelphia, bit of an upset there, winning 3-1 in Minnesota. So the Oilers' magic number of points to clinch a playoff spot is 7. And it'll fall if the uh, Kings don't get... uh, well, if they don't get two points or if they get none. So there you go. Are the Kings, uh, can Winnipeg tie the Kings in points? Yes, so then you'd be, that would bring another team into the equation. Do they tie them if they beat them tonight? Well, actually, LA's played fewer games, so it would still be against LA because they'd have the potential to get more points. So there you go. 780-496-0063. We have Scott on the line. Scott, thank you for calling. Well, thanks for taking my call. Love you still, guys. Um, two points. Uh, first, David Reed, um, little surprise with your comment about starting Talbot the next game. I mean, here you got um, uh, the masses around Edmonton, never mind every sports show that you go on, saying they need, you know, how many games are you going to play, blah, blah, blah. And I know it don't mean anything because it's the coach's decision and, and the goaltender's decision, but now you have a chance to give this uh, Talbot after two rocky starts, whatever, uh, after playing brilliantly all year, uh, you have a chance to give him five days off before the next start. And then you could run them the next uh, whatever and then have another big uh, gap and, and rest before the playoffs start. No, I, I see your point. I mean, I, I would go with Bershaw for a couple of the reasons. One, you get you get to rest Talbot. And I don't know if Talbot is tired. I don't know if that's the reason that he's had a couple <clears throat> un-Talbot-like games. But you give him a chance. And, and to me, if there's a game, there's there's three games left in the schedule where you feel you know, pretty confident. The one against Colorado Saturday and then the finishing season series against the Vancouver Canucks, which means nothing to Vancouver. And hopefully at that point, the Oilers will have solidified where they're going to be in the standings. And then you can get Laurent in one of those games as well. So I personally, I would I would put in Bressois for Saturday and then I would let Talbot run all the way until you know you are exactly where you want to be in the standings. And then Bressois would play again. Okay, Reed, explain yourself. <laughs> Cam Talbot's the starting goaltender on this team. He's the absolute number one. He's no the, the second most important player on the team after McDavid. There has been absolutely zero evidence of him being tired. Zero evidence of him being tired. That's just a worry in people's minds. I, I don't think he had uh, these games are the result of fatigue. They play Saturday, then they have two days off at, before they play LA again. He can easily play. Okay. My second point, uh, and now this is, might be a little bit premature, 
but I want to talk a little bit about a McDavid contract. Um, now, I'm not fully, you know, in the loop, obviously, of bridge contracts. Um, I'm just wondering what you think, and it's no insult, and, and this is what I've been told from other people that I suggest this to, is that it's kind of an insult to McDavid or his manager or his uh, um, agent, whatever. But why not bridge him for whatever he wants? Let's say it's $9.7 million or or whatever, his number. I don't, we don't care. You, you sign your own check. You get whatever you want. You sign him for two or three years, maybe two, three, and then you bridge, and then you give him an eight-year contract. Now, this bridge contract is just for terms. It has nothing to do with money. So now you got him for 11 years instead of eight. I'm just wondering, is this an insult to bridge him or what? Well, I don't think it's an insult. I, I just think they'll they'll want to commit to him, and, and he'll want he'll want that contract. You know, he'll want the security of getting an eight-year deal. Okay. I, I don't think it's an insult. I just think with the great players, you, you sign them for as long as possible when you can. Hmm. Okay, so I'm just kind of looking. I mean, recently, you got Subban that was bridged. but Yeah, and they had know. negotiation issues, right? So. Yeah. I, I I would think that the, there, but there's no comparison between Saban and, and no, McDavid. Yeah, Rob. but is it is it kind of an insult, Rob? I'll ask you um, to to even suggest that. Uh, um, all, all I'm asking is for let's have him under Euler control for eleven. I I, I see what I see what you're saying. I I've never been in Connor's position. I wasn't looking for. I was looking for any contract, not a bridge <laughs> or a long one. Um, I I think it comes down to this. Connor's agent's going to come and say, okay, here's what we want. And okay. Edmonton's going to go, yeah, we can okay. make that work. So, I, yeah, I, I I understand what you, you're you saying. It Put a bridge in so we can guarantee we have them longer. That's, right. why, that's, that's why you want to do it. And completely understand that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see that happening. I don't. No. I, I have a feeling that, uh, who is it? Bobby Orr is his agent, is it not? Yeah. yeah. So, so Bobby's going to come sit down with Peter Shirelli and say, what can we do? And Peter and Bobby are going to get something done. And I don't believe – the way that this team is going and the, the, the way management is with coaching staff, and this team is being built to be a championship team for a number of years. And the reason we've seen players bolt before for, for most of it was money. And that the money is not an issue now. They, there's the Oilers can afford to pay their players now. So I don't see a Connor McDavid wanting to bolt. And if he wants to bolt, it's probably because something that is something really happened that was wrong in Edmonton, and you're you're not going to be able to blame him. So I, I think they're going to give him the longest term contract they can possibly give him. And we're just going to enjoy it while it lasts. And hopefully there'll be a lot of success, and he'll want to do it again. All right, we got Tony on the line as well. Hi, Tony. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. So my question for tonight is, okay, yeah, Talbot's had a couple of rough starts. You know what? What goalie doesn't in the NHL? But my question is, do you guys do you guys think that his confidence is kind of going down now because of all the well of the kind of easy goals in Anaheim and well the defense basically not helping him out at all tonight? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I don't. Uh, in Anaheim, there was two goals he probably wishes he had back. Two goals that he, normally he stops. Tonight, I mean, there were some nice goals. And I think it was 
poor defensive execution, poor defensive decision-making that were the reason. I believe he was pulled tonight to send a message to the team saying this is unsatisfactory for what we're getting, uh, the, the defensive and uh, the product that we're putting out on the ice. The goaltender has paid a price because you guys haven't come to play. I think that's why he was pulled. I don't think there's a confidence issue. Uh, if you've made it this far as Cam, Cam Talbot has and had the success he's had, he's been through rocky roads before. And this really isn't that rocky. So I don't think there's any issue with confidence with Cam Talbot. Tony, you ready to finish the play? Yeah. All right. You've already got an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. If you're right here, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Now Russell glides in, right side, a wrist shot, and that flew off the shoulder of Jeremy Smith. McDavid, who played under five minutes in that first period, will drop it for Russell. Back door, and a backhander wide. Rebound! All right, there's a setup for an Oilers goal in the second period. Who finished that play? Was it Lucic or DeHarnay? Lucic. Now Russell glides in, right side, a wrist shot, and that flew off the shoulder of Jeremy Smith. McDavid, who played under five minutes in that first period, will drop it for Russell. Back door, and a backhander wide. Rebound tipped in by Milan Lucic. And 34 seconds, 19.34, time of the goal. Milan Lucic ties the game. All right, that tied it. The Oilers fell behind again. And then they came back to win. Five goals in the third period to knock off the Colorado Avalanche 7-4. If you're on hold, stay there. We will get to you. We're going to have post-game reaction from Denver as well. The Oilers get their 40th victory of the season. Still with eight games to go in the year. They're going to try to win more than half their games for the first time in a long time. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Streaking down the left-hand side, McKinnon cuts, dishes, Andrew Ghetto backhander to sprawling Brassois with a swim move, able to keep it out. Slapper Lindholm deflected. What a save on Rottenen, point blank by Laurent Brassois. Save of the game by the winning goaltender, Laurent Brassois, courtesy of Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. He makes six saves in the third period in relief of Cam Talbot. <coughs> the team in front of him scores five, and the Oilers knock off the Colorado Avalanche 7-4. I was mentioning the Oilers now with 40 wins. If they win two more games this season, mm-hmm. and they have eight left, it would be the first time since 1987-88 that they actually won more than half their games. They won 44 out of 80 that season. Obviously, they've had several seasons where they've got more than half the available points, but in terms of actually winning more than half their games, it would be the first time since 1988. They won exactly half in 2006 and 2008 when they won 41 out of 82. So there's a little random tidbit for you. Just goes, again, to reaffirms how good a season this team is having. It is a very, very good hockey season for this team, and it's not done yet. 
this texture says, Reed, where is your proof that Talbot is not fatigued? He just had two so-so games. Can you offer me proof it wasn't due to fatigue? Well, no, I can't, but I don't think you can offer me proof that it was due to fatigue. I mean, Cam Talbot has allowed four more goals in other games this season. I don't, th- I don't think every time a goaltender... I mean, was Jeremy Smith fatigued tonight? He allowed five. I, now I understand Talbot's <laughs> Tired of played a lot. At the if, and, if, and look, if Brassois plays, I'm not. I, it's a, that's a perfectly logical decision as well. So, but if you're asking me what I would do, which people have, I would start Cam Talbot. I mean, I, I, I think sometimes goalies have off nights, and it's not necessarily due to fatigue. I mean, we've seen backup goalies go in that had been not playing for three weeks and get lit up so That's I think the fatigue argument is too yes but I think to me the fatigue argument is is just too simple and I think there are, are a lot of people who are so convinced that he's played too much that anytime any little thing goes wrong with Cam Talbot they're they're going to say it's fatigue I, I just go with Bersois because whether it's fatigue or not he does get a rest and you get to play Bersois against a team that he should beat and then you can run Talbot the rest of the way because this is there's they've got some tough games after this Colorado game and games that Talbot has to play in. So whether he's fatigued or not, you still get him rest. And Bersois is is he's looked good. The two the two small spurts that we've well, seen he did him very look well. good. Yep. I mean the the one save that that tonight it, it doesn't get talked about a whole lot is the puck came back across the crease and he had to flip over and had to turn his arm yeah, back. That was, yeah, we just yeah, played we just one, played. Yeah. Great save. And that is, as Kelly Rudy talks, is just laying it on the line, doing whatever it takes to keep the puck out of the net. And he did. And good for Laurent. It's not easy for a, for a goalie to sit as long as Laurent has sat and to come into... I mean, he didn't come into easy situations, either in Anaheim here or here in Colorado, and he did a good job. So I think you got to give credit whether he plays the next game or not, you got to give credit for Laurent for sticking with it in the practice, being mentally and physically prepared. That when he got his opportunity, he he, he was good and good for Laurent on that. Well, and you know, Peter Shirelli said that at the trade deadline, when asked, he was asked about possibly bringing in another goaltender. I mean, that's all we had to go by because Brossois mm-hmm. hasn't played a lot. But he said he thought he was making progress in practice and working hard with Dustin Schwartz. So yeah, the work paid off uh, for sure. And again, I'm not going to flip out if Brassois plays, but I mean, again, if people are asking me what I would do, that's all I can tell you is what mm-hmm. is, is is what I think. But I am also big on playing your best players as often as possible. Like, I'm not one of those guys who thinks you should take out your starting quarterback mid-game and just let them watch for a couple series. Oh, no. Like I, I'm, I'm like just just keep keep playing the guy. But eventually, I mean, they all need a rest. No goaltender plays 82 games. So they all need a rest at some time. To me, just looking at the schedule, this is the best opportunity to do it. All right, we got Andy on the line. Hey, Andy. Hey, guys. Uh, I got a comment and a question. Um, or sorry, a comment and a prediction. My comment is uh, I'm enjoying uh, watching Connor McDavid and his point totals almost as much as I enjoy watching the others. And my prediction is, is that Connor's going to hit 100 points this year, and he's going to win Art and the Art Ross, and deservedly so, because in my humble opinion, he is the best player in the world. Sorry, Reed. No, that's good. What is, what's Connor at now for points? He's up to 87. 87. We have eight games left. I mean, there's a, there's a good possibility. I mean, the, the way he's going right now, with he's averaging two points a game over his last five or six games, uh, I hope he does. I hope he does hit 100 points. 
because if he hits 100 points, that means the Oilers are going to have a pretty successful last eight games. All right, Eddie, thanks a lot for calling. 780-496-0063. We'll also go to Robert on the line. Hey, Robert. Hi, Reed. Hi, Robert. Just a couple comments tonight. First, first, I want to talk about Bersois and how he came in in relief. He didn't face a lot of shots, but I thought he did good considering he considering he, he uh, came in cold for the second straight game. <coughs> yeah, definitely. He, he played great. I mean, he didn't allow a goal, and... Uh, couple of really good saves tonight in limited work. I mean, the Oilers controlled the third period after not playing that great for 40 minutes. So, And Rob mentioned he made a great save, twisting around, throwing his arm out to keep a goal out of the net. And, you know, you're not asking, you know, what if they would have scored? So the Oilers were able to rally, and he, he was solid for sure. Yeah, no, no, my, no, my last thought is over to, over to, over to Saturday's game and... I don't know if it, if it was me, I would start. I would start. I would start Brissois, and I'll, I'll just leave it with you guys on that. Yeah, well, we've talked that to death. I mean, I would start uh, Talbot. Rob would start Brissois. It's to me. It's again. You should be able to beat Colorado, hopefully, with either goaltender if you go out there and assert yourselves, mm-hmm. which the Oilers did not do over the first two periods no. tonight. So we'll see. I mean, they'll tell us on Saturday. Well, they, they might not even tell us. We might just have to wait and see. Well, usually you can tell first goal. Oh yes. Play. Well, no, but they might not tell us that we have to see that. Oh right, yeah. yeah they yeah. may yeah, they may not actually announce it. But uh, do we have Todd McClellan ready, guys? All right, let's go back to Denver. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They beat the Avs seven four. It's where you look at the end before you look at the beginning, or uh, vice versa when it comes to the final result. A lot of mixed emotions with tonight's game. Um, you know, I didn't think we were the best team the end of the night uh, we were lucky enough to win the game and had a little bit of puck luck there's some things that we've got to fix um, that have showed up in the last two games in particular and, and we'll do that tomorrow we'll try and do that tomorrow um, and I, I didn't think we skated well you know, does that have something to do with back to back late night altitude I don't know what it is but uh, we didn't look very uh, very sharp um, on our skates or with the puck and and they did so you got to give them some credit was there a, a player driven message in the second intermission or a coach driven message that led to what happened in period three no it was uh you know we we talked about having a formula a formula for coming back and we've talked in the past year and a half about it uh, there's certain things that we felt we needed to do and need to do when we're trailing uh, especially going into the third and we just reviewed that and uh, went out and played, and um, I think we got a little bit of puck luck uh, in the in the third period. That that certainly helped us, but um, we were a little bit better there than we were in the first two. What did you think of Laurent Brassois and uh, consecutive nights having to come in and uh, you know take over for Cam? It was very good. There's no uh, other way to put it, and uh, we're really happy for him. He's uh, worked really hard for those opportunities, and uh, we'll see down the stretch here what we can get him. Is that another? Just change the goalie because your team was playing poorly, or was yep. this? Yeah, and uh, yeah, less less tonight than last night. Um, you know, we had last night in the back of our mind how well he played, and uh, he made some good saves, especially on the penalty kill there late. Um, and we needed that, so just trying anything tonight to find a little bit of a spark for uh, for our group. Did you get a chance to see Tyson today at all? Um, actually, I did. Um, he was in my bed last night when I got here at 3.30, so uh, I had the cot. I don't know how that worked, but uh, I certainly lost the, 
the one there, but uh, I spent some time with them this morning. I know their team uh, is extremely excited about uh, about getting to Cincinnati and and uh, beginning their playoff push. Um, I've had a chance to watch them play a lot this year, a um, couple times live, but most of the time on the video. And uh, I think they're a very well coached team. And and the word team is. First and foremost, they all play uh, the right way. They play as a unit, as a group. Um, and I think they're very close. And uh, I know his experience, just from from his speaking, has been second to none. So uh, congratulations to the college, the coaching staff, and the team there. And we wish him luck. Kind of fitting that he's leaving as you come in, this crazy hockey life you're living. You yeah, we are, we're spread out all over. Um, you know, we took advantage for 25 minutes of breakfast this morning, and he had to go to practice, and we got ready for a game. But... Um, that's life. It's uh, it's loaded with different experiences, and um, we certainly take advantage of family time in the summer. Thank you. Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Some questions there at the end about his son Tyson, who plays for Denver University. They are the number one ranked team in the NCAA with the uh, playdowns to the Frozen Four starting this weekend. Yeah, there's a, a boy from St. Albert going there next year, I believe. Ian Mitchell, a kid that was at my hockey academy. A great school. There's, I've heard nothing but great things about that. That's going. It's kind of neat that he got to spend some time with his son. When you're in the hot, middle of a hockey season, it's hard to find time for family if you're spread out. So good for them. Adam texting in. He says, how much do you believe the short turnaround after flying in late from Anaheim might have played into the poor start? Uh, huge. Huge. Uh, just think if you got into your hotel room or your house or whatever at three-something in the morning after play, after a flight coming in from another another city, uh, you're tired. And it, it wears on you. And th- there's an advantage. If that's why there's an advantage for the home team that has a well-rested night to compared to the team that's coming playing back-to-back. Usually it, it, it's the first period, and then you get better as the game goes on. Unfortunately for the others tonight, it was 40 minutes, so you can't blame it all on the on the <laughs> flight in. I think the others just, they had an off night. They had an off night. They were fortunate they got some bounces, and their skill level just eventually took over from a bad hockey club. Two goals from Eberle. He also had an assist. Sekera had a goal and two assists tonight. Two points each for McDavid and Dreisaitl. They're both riding six-game point streaks. You're going to hear from the winning goaltender, Laurent Brassois, when we get back. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Rantanen in search of the equalizer, turned it over, McDavid to Eberle, empty net, shoots it, scores, and this one is over. McDavid the steal, and Eberle's second of the night buries Colorado 6-4 to four for the second time in as many games this year. They would add one more into an empty net, and the Oilers beat the Avalanche 7-4, and just an indication of maybe Colorado's season. They pull their goalie, and as he's getting to the bench, Colorado turns the puck over in the neutral zone. He tries to race back in and isn't able to, I mean, I'm not blaming him, isn't oh, able no. to get there in time and Everly fires it in. Yeah, it's, I mean, poor, and the poor goalie gets that added to his goals against, That's right, too. yeah. So that wasn't an empty net goal. Yeah, that's right. Though, I've been calling it an yeah. empty net goal, and it's actually not an empty net goal. It, it was pretty empty, though, when Jordan shot the puck, and that goaltender dove back, but there he had no chance. But, uh, I mean, again, another sloppy play by the Colorado Avalanche in the neutral zone, not getting the puck in deep. The winning goaltender tonight, second win of his career, Laurent Brassois. Let's hear from him. 
but I will get in. Um, will be games like that where I'm coming in in, in relief. Um, obviously, you know, those aren't the circumstances that I want to go in, but um, I'd like to contribute anyway, and, and I'm glad that I did tonight. What did you see from the team in front of you that really spurred that comeback? Uh, we just changed our energy level. Um, you, you could tell everyone was doing all the details, little things, battling, um, and, it, and it just showed, and, and, and they really kept them to the outside and, and helped me um, help them. This was a nice birthday present. At least you got, got into the game. Oh, yeah, it's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a bonus. Yeah, no, that's nice. Because, I mean, a lot less work tonight. You got the win last night here. Peppered yeah. liberally. Yeah, to get only one period in and, and get a win is a cool feeling for sure. Yeah. Um, what was it like standing back at the other end? You made one really good save there on the ball like in the crease. You didn't have a hole. Excuse me, a hole. All right, that's Laurent Brassois gets the win tonight. Made six saves in the third period in relief of Camp Talbot. And, uh, yes, it is Brassois' 24th birthday today. So he picks up the second victory of his young career. Rob, what what was it would have been like for the Oilers between the second and the third period? I mean, they clearly knew they weren't playing great. They fought back from 2 nothing down to make it 2-2. And then... They go into the second intermission in an even worse position they were after one because they were only down one. Um, I mean, do you think anything need to be said? Did you, did you think it was just, all right, let's quit fooling around, or what do you think went on? Um, I don't think a lot needs to be said. There, usually in a dressing room, there's certain guys that are always chattering. There's certain guys that are usually deep in thought. There's some guys that will find uh, space in the in the medical room and they'll hang there for a few minutes and some guys will just start focusing on what they need to do. But I think as a, as a team, you look around and, and you start realizing, okay, you know what, that wasn't our best. And then you start thinking about what you could do better and you got to bring a much better energy level. And, and then you start talking as you get closer to the going back out onto the ice, start talking to the guy next to you. Or you start talking to your line mate, your D partner, and say, okay, you know what? Let's make a difference here. We're going to be, be much better. And you just try and carry some energy over into the next period. And the one thing you'll keep talking about, okay, first five minutes. Let's win that first five minutes and see what happens there. And the Oilers did. Yeah, well, they won it 2 nothing. No, yeah. It just was. So they uh, tied it up. Cassian and Everly scoring a minute 50 apart. Drake Kajula got the game winner with 2.11 to go back to Denver. Here's Drake. Was, uh, that was perfect. It was right on the tape uh, with a lot of speed coming through the middle. And uh, Nuge did a great job driving the D back. So I had a mini breakaway there. And, um, you know, like I said, it was a, it was a perfect pass. And uh, I know it's a timely goal. What kind of relief was it you haven't scored in a month? Yeah, it's definitely a confidence booster, um, especially when I've been getting chances and they just haven't been going in. But, uh, you know, it's finally good to get one, especially uh, with the circumstances today. And, you know, hopefully I can build off that. Did it seem like a 7-4 game or just ended 7-4? Uh, no, I, I can't say it seemed like a 7-4 game. Um, the first two periods, definitely we weren't at our best. Um, we had a pretty tough talk amongst ourselves and going into the third period. And uh, I know that kind of shows what kind of team we are. We have the resilience to you know, kind of come back and fire after uh, you know not our best performance early on. And uh, you know, I think we did a pretty good job recovering. It looked like late in the game, like you were thinking, okay, it's tied. Let's just at least get it to overtime. Where the shootout, you get three on three, you've got all the firepower, and then all of a sudden you score all the goals. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, once we tied the game up, uh, I think we had a lot of confidence in our team. And, uh, you know, even after Cass scored the first goal to kind of get us rolling, it was, uh, you know, from there it was just uh, straight downhill. We're just, or uphill, sorry. We we're, no, downhill? I don't downhill. know. Downhill. Downhill. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, that so kind of, yeah, they kind of gave us, uh, kind of gave us a, a good boost there. And, uh, and we had the confidence in ourselves to come back. And, uh, you know, we had a late goal there to take the lead. It's an easy win for LB. Yeah, was in the other end most of the Yeah, but uh, you know he made some saves when he had to, and uh, you know yesterday when he stepped in, he did a great job as well. And uh, I know it's just great to have a young guy that just steps in like that. And uh, I know our team and our coaching staff and the organization, we uh, we have a lot of faith in him, and he's done a good job nice so far. To win a game too, Cam gets pulled, and you still come out and win the game. Yeah, he's, he's won a lot of games. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's That's the other way. He stole uh, quite a few games for us, and it was kind of nice to return the favor and um, you know kind of help him out. But you know he's uh, he's been a rock back there all year long for us, and uh, you know I can't say enough good things about him. All right, Drake Kajula, game winner tonight, fifth goal of the season, first game winner of his young NHL career. Uh, Drysaitel Nugent Hopkins, the assist on a pretty player up. It was real pretty, and you know it starts. Nugent Hopkins gets the puck, he drives through the middle. Feeds Drysaddle. Nugent Hopkins continues through the middle. It takes one of the defensemen with him. Drysaddle stops like he always does and looks for the best uh, passing lane. And for some reason, the Colorado Avalanche stopped back checking. And Leon Drysaddle, perfect pass right on the stick of Kajula. And that is an impossible play for a goaltender because the puck is going all the way across. The goaltender's got to go take his body all the way across. And if you're smart, and Kajula was, you bring it back the other way. The goalie cannot stop. You're going to have a wide-open net, and Kajula did put the puck in the net. A pretty goal, a big goal, is that was the one that sealed the deal. All right, got two minutes left, Rob. A couple quick text messages. Martin says, uh, hey, Rob, how much does the altitude difference in Denver make? Yeah, it does make a difference. It's surprising. The first time I went there, I was shocked at how much more tired I was when we skated in practice. So, yes, it certainly makes a difference. Another texter says, what are the odds of Mark Letestu being plucked in expansion? He's been a guy who's been a great pickup and an integral player for us. He could be protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a chance he could be protected. Another thing I think you have to consider for Vegas is, are they going to take a 32, 33-year-old guy with a year left on his contract? When you can, when a guy like Griffin Reinhardt, who's a 24-year-old third, fourth pick overall defenseman, although Mark Letestu would be a great pickup for an expansion team because he brings leadership, he does all the little things. He's a good one that you want around your younger players. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you go through some of the list possibilities, and we've talked about it, and there's tons of stuff mm-hmm. on the internet. I mean, he's because they don't have to protect some of the younger guys, right? So they can protect a, an older player if they want. Yep. No, yeah, they can. It, it, he, he, if, if he's available, I mean, that'd be a great pickup. I don't know if he'll be available, and I'm not sure what they're looking for in Vegas. Rob, thanks, buddy. See you on Saturday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Oilers win 7-4 over Colorado tonight. They'll play the Avalanche again Saturday night, this time at Rogers Place. We'll sign on with the face-off show at 6.30. The game will start at 8. Thanks to Brandon Graziano, our studio producer this evening. More on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.